0: Welcome back to Confessions of a Recovering Hot Mess with me, your host, Bethany Sisteric. And with Christmas Day rapidly approaching, let's just take a moment and think about the unrelenting pressure one particular person in the Bible might have felt at the birth of Jesus. In fact, his birth just might have been when the pressure really began. You guessed it. Today, we're going to focus on Mary and what she might have endured being the mother to the son of God. Yeah, and I thought being a regular mom was rough. Sheesh. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a moment to invite you to join my family and I in 21 days of fasting and prayer from January 3rd through the 23rd. On previous podcasts, I think I might have said through the 24th, which was a mistake on my part, and I apologize. Clearly, I can't count, Uh, but it's through the 23rd that makes it 21 days. And I really just think starting out our year with God first is a great way to pause and realign ourselves with him. How we have it set up is that you're going to choose something that you're going to give up for 21 days. And in that time that you would be doing whatever that thing may be, you spend time with the Lord instead via prayer, reading the Bible, worship, or through all three. And don't forget to sign up for my newsletter. I will leave the link in the description. And it's also available on my Instagram account at Bethany underscore sisteric. I'm going to be sending out my very first newsletter on January 2nd with a few of my favorite Daniel fast recipes for anyone choosing to go that route, plus a few ideas to help you with your fasting time. I'll also be providing a free printable calendar for you to hang on the fridge or on your bathroom mirror to help you visually see the countdown of the fast. I know this might seem kind of weird or maybe excessive, but it will help, especially on those days you might be struggling with it. But this freebie will only be available to those who sign up for my newsletter by January 1st. So be sure to do that. Now, if you were signed up in my previous newsletter, that account will be dissolving and I will be transferring you into the new account. There are several ways for you to join in this fast. You can give up anything that you choose. But I do recommend that it be something that will challenge you simply because it will remind you that at the end of our ability is where God does his best work. People tend to choose something like fasting one meal a day, they fast social media, sugar, meat, coffee, I'm sure you get the point. I personally am set to fast from TV and I'm expecting it to be quite challenging for myself. I also want to announce this will be the last episode to air in 2023, but we'll be back January 2nd talking about all things fasting. And during those three weeks, we'll dive into the story of Daniel as we walk in a version of the 21 day fast he did. And I really do hope that you'll join us. I also want to apologize, I know my voice might sound a little weird, I am getting over a cold and so if it gets a little raspy or um, sounds a little weird, especially towards the end of recording this, I apologize, I am on the mend and hopefully within another week or so I'll have my voice fully back to normal, but right now it's still a little like scratchy and, and weird a little bit. So anyway, now that that's all out of the way, let's dive into today's Christmas topic, Mary. Now, I don't know about you, but the pressure of being a mom is no joke. You want so desperately to be the fun and happy-go-lucky mom, but then you realize in reality you're a massive control freak. You can't handle being overstimulated, and you're just a plain old mess. When we lose it and yell or scream, we instantly feel terrible while simultaneously being angry and feeling justified in our anger. There are toys literally everywhere. And if you accidentally step on one more Lego or one more Barbie in the middle of the night, you just might throw all their toys out the door, never to be seen again. The dishes are piled up, the laundry is not folding itself. How rude. And Lord knows the last time you took any time for yourself because every time you do, the guilt weighs so darn heavy. Am I close? I mean, I know I felt all those things and so much more in the almost 17 years I've been a mom. It's rough. Our kids are so precious and innocent, and yet they drive you absolutely insane. Uh, to my girls, if you're listening to this, I love you, but y'all know you're crazy. I know this because you got it from me. You're welcome. I digress. The pressure of being a mom is not for the faint of heart, but I imagine whatever we feel might only be a fraction of the pressure Mary might have felt, and it all starts with carrying a heavenly appointed secret. I don't know if I've mentioned it, but my girls and I are reading through the book of Luke this Christmas season since there are 24 chapters in it. We read a chapter a day which takes us through the story of Jesus's life and end it the day before Christmas. It's been pretty neat, and I recommend anyone try this out with their family next year because it's been a really fun time for us to do this. But I said all of that to tell you how blown away I was with Mary's response to God's ask. Now, it's worth mentioning here, Mary is likely around 13 to 14 years old. The standard way of life in this time period was that once a girl reached puberty, she was typically married shortly after. That being said, this ask of the Lord was pretty big. He didn't just ask her to go to the store and make him a meal or stand on a corner and proclaim that God is the Almighty. He asked her to carry the Son of God within her as a virgin this wouldn't have been an easy burden to accept. Things weren't like they are now. In this era, if anyone found out, she would have been killed for it. So not only did she have the weight of raising the Messiah that all of Israel had waited for, but she had the added burden to trust God to protect her. At this point, Mary was also engaged to Joseph. So there was even a bigger level of trust happening here with the Lord that he would help Joseph to accept this whole thing so that they could actually get married as planned or that God would provide another to take Joseph's place if Joseph didn't agree to this. But Mary didn't seem to really consider the cost of this ask for very long. It kind of seems like she jumps blindly in without a second thought. I mean, it seems reckless or maybe it's because at the end of the day, the cost doesn't or at least shouldn't matter. Obviously, God chose her for a reason and I'd be willing to bet she had a heart fully surrendered to his will long before he asked whatever God wanted, no matter how big the cost was irrelevant because God called her. It was her duty and her delight to bring the Messiah into the world, to birth the Savior for all of humanity. But despite her resounding zero hesitation, yes, I wonder how carrying that burden might have felt. I mean, was she afraid to discipline Jesus once he got a little older? Did she treat him differently than the rest of her children? When she kissed his face and loved on him, did she have this realization that she was loving on God? Did she worry that she was ruining the Messiah with her shortcomings? For Mary, the stress didn't just stop there either because they were forced to flee Bethlehem shortly after Jesus was born. And I'd be willing to bet her and Joseph both felt this enormous weight of keeping him alive after that. I imagine they realized the stretch of the enemy almost touched them the night that they fled. And I honestly wonder how many times after that night did Satan try to take Jesus out? The literal weight of the world was on her shoulders, caring for and nurturing the Messiah. Can you just imagine how stressed out she might have felt in the beginning? How overwhelming, how weighed down? I imagine that all of that settled after a while as she started to see Jesus not just as the Messiah, but also as her son. But then it happened. Her worst nightmare came to pass when Jesus was 12 years old. They all traveled with their family to Jerusalem as they did that time every year for the festival of the Passover. It was when they left, Mary and Joseph made the most common mistake of assumption. They assumed Jesus was with them as their large extended family traveled back home. I imagine there were kids running around everywhere, making the best of their travels. So amidst the laughter and I'm sure complaining about siblings looking at each other and she touched me and he's breathing my air and all that fun stuff and all of this, they assumed Jesus was with them. And it wasn't until three days later they realized Jesus wasn't with them. That's two nights of helping everyone to bed. Three days of meals and breaking up fights. Three days of complaints and demands. I mean, doesn't that seem weird to anyone else? I don't know about you, but I tend to at least put eyes on my kids a few times a day, minimum. So this always felt odd to me. But then I think about Kate and Peter. Sure, you probably know them better as Kevin McAllister's parents, who accidentally left their son home alone when they went to Paris. And when it comes to Mary and Joseph, I think about the potential chaos of setting up camp, making meals from scratch, including the butchering process if needed, and how utterly exhausting it would be to travel by foot All day, then have to set everything up, do all the meals, do everything that they had to take care of, break it all down the next day, and do it all over again. I mean, maybe the two of them thought the other had tucked Jesus in and laid eyes on him. Maybe in their exhaustion, communication failed. Maybe they both felt it was the other's responsibility to ensure everyone was accounted for. Although, I will say the foreshadowing here is a nice touch. Jesus being lost for three days and then being found. I gotta say this can mimic our relationship with God too. We get busy, overwhelmed, exhausted, and before we know it we've traveled three days and left God behind and didn't even notice until something happened that made us look around. Maybe the enemy attacked you or your thoughts turned inward and twisted, or maybe bitterness started to set in, or you found yourself angry and impatient. Because that's kind of what happens, right? We take a small step away from God. It's so small, in fact, that we don't even really notice it at the time. Because we can still feel him and touch him in the place where we stepped. But then before we know it, that small deviation places us on a whole other trajectory and takes us further and further away from God. Well, the further we are away from the source, our fruit begins to shrivel. We are incapable of sustaining things like joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's why they're called the fruits of the Spirit, friend. They come from him and are given to us by him. But if the Holy Spirit is nowhere to be found, then we can't access the things we need to walk upright with righteousness. Now, I'm absolutely guilty of this when I forget to spend time with God out of reverence and desire and not just, I need something from you. Now, for myself, I spend time with God daily but most of that time is spent seeking direction from God as my business partner and not the Lord of my life. Our relationship with God shouldn't be only one-sided. It shouldn't be soaked in reverence because that breeds religion and not relationship. And we shouldn't just spend time with him as our friend because that builds a lack of reverence and respect for who he is. When we only go to him to meet our needs and desires, we lack the ability to see him as our righteous, sovereign creator and maker. We forget that he is the king that sits high above other kings. And when we do this, the foundation of God beneath our feet becomes a mixture of sand and rock, unable to sustain the stability needed for us to stand. I myself am learning to remember he is more than my business partner. He's more than my provider and my friend, but that he is holy beyond comprehension and that it should be my honor to bow before him because it shouldn't feel like something that I just need to check off my list and be done with. The Lord recently has dropped a worship song in my heart. It's the same one over and over playing in my spirit when I pray as I'm navigating this more intimate place with the Lord. And that song is Build My Life by Pat Barrett. If you haven't heard it or aren't sure what song I'm talking about, just go to YouTube and look it up. It's an incredible song that should remind us of the respect and honor we should have for Jesus because he is worthy of all our praise. The very breath in our lungs is a gift from God. Therefore, he is worthy of all praise, honor, and worship. He is worthy of our time and dedication. He is the rock in which we build our life on because... It's the only thing that will not be shaken by our circumstances or shifted by our demands, no matter how loud they might get sometimes. Because you see, when we step off the path even slightly and end up way far away from God, he doesn't keep going and leave us behind and he doesn't go with us in our detour But he stands right where he was. And when we finally realize our mistake and repent, we turn around and we go back to God and he places us right back where we left off. He doesn't move out of obligation to us, but we should make darn sure that we're moving out of reverence for him. And so Mary and Joseph came to a similar point where it took three days to realize they were not in the same place Jesus was. They looked around in panic, wondering where he'd gone. Maybe they blamed each other. Maybe they blamed another in their family or blamed their busyness, or maybe they resented their chores for making them so tired. But all we know is that when they find him, Mary has a very human response and asks Jesus, Why would you do this to us? We were worried sick. Now, I would imagine Jesus as a pretty obedient kid. He probably did what he knew he needed to before his parents even asked. I imagine he honored them in all things, which is why I think Mary said what she said. Well, that and because she was afraid they lost him and didn't know where he was and finally found him. Because, I mean, Jesus wasn't a toddler. He didn't just wander off one day and they lost him in the marketplace. He had made a choice to stay at the temple. After this incident, we don't hear from Jesus for 18 years. Maybe Mary grounded him until then. Who knows? You're never leaving this house again for 18 years. Sorry, Jesus. Uh, but it does say that they all went home and Jesus was obedient to his mother and father and he grew up strong and wise. This time of year, you always see those memes about Kate McAllister forgetting Kevin. But when you're struggling as a parent, feeling like you're failing on some level, Just remember, not only did Kate forget her kid and not notice until after she was on an international flight, but Mary forgot Jesus too, and then didn't notice for three days. So friend, I think we're all perfectly imperfect, and there is no parent who has it all figured out, even the ones God entrusted the Messiah and Savior of the world to. So keep going. Keep teaching them about Jesus and raising them in a way that honors the Lord. Because behind every eye roll and grunt of irritation that you're once again talking about how this secular song could be a Christian one, or you're using a part in a movie to talk to them about that kindness, how it mimics the Bible. I promise you, they are listening. I know it's hard. I know there are days it's hard to praise God in the busyness or in the difficulty of life, but keep doing it. The Bible also tells us that seed scattered for his glory never goes void. If you raise them up in the way of the Lord, those seeds won't perish, even if they make the choice to walk away from God. Those seeds remain and you never know who and what God will send to water them. I don't know about you. But our time today spoke to my heart. And as I was putting this together, I was certainly convicted on a few things, too. Can I ask you a favor? Will you please share this episode or this podcast with anyone that comes to your heart right now? And if you haven't already, be sure to leave a review on whatever platform you're listening from, because the few short minutes it takes to do that will help this podcast more than you know. My prayer is that this content reaches the right hearts in the right places. And I just want to say thank you for being part of spreading that word around. I, for one, am excited to see what God is going to do in 2024 in and through us all. I have a feeling it may not be the easiest of years, but that it will be a year of massive growth and transformation in our lives individually and collectively as the body of Christ. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas and a wonderful new year and that everybody stays safe and enjoys time with family and loved ones as we celebrate the birth of Christ. Now I will see you back here on January 2nd. Don't forget to sign up for that newsletter before the first so that you too can get the freebies that are coming in that first newsletter of 2024 that will be going out also on January 2nd. Take care and God bless.